three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Three. Um, two. One. Even when Cody CC scores a goal, the result is still the same, and that is a three-goal lead blown. Throwing into the wall like a wet paper towel. Guys, two-on-one podcast. I'm Adam. Hello. Daniel's here. Daniel. Hello. Alex, you're here. Hello. Leave me alone. Oh, you're <laughs> You sound like Mike. Leave me alone. No, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. You're in a much better mood than I thought you might. Even after the game, you were. I thought you'd be more upset. Oh, I was upset. You're, you weren't Mike upset. No, Mike, I was, was, Mike was so upset. Mm-hmm. I was upset, but it was like borderline comical. But I like, you know what I mean? It's just, of course, this would happen. After the James Reimer uh, so, clinching win against like, the Rangers and everyone I, talked about And Steve Dangle even talked about that. We're getting to that. Yes, yes. Stop okay, it. Okay. Stop it. I got too excited there. So, Dan, Dan, I why called don't you it. Just... I okay. called it. You called that they were going to blow it? Yeah. I wrote oh. it in our group chat. I said, I said, I'm excited. You asked me how I am. I said, I'm excited, but I'm trying to stay calm because I know what this team can yes. do. Um, what's really funny is the least it was three, two when I texted, um, cause Mike made a group chat, but he didn't put Daniel in. So sorry about that. Def. I know it's so sad. Um, but honestly, yeah, I don't think you want to be in it. What's going on in there? You don't. <laughs> um, so what, but he, what ended up happening was, um, I texted the group chat. I'm like, listen, fellas, I actually want you guys to win. I want Toronto to win because I don't want them to get a chance at Lafreniere. And the, like, not even 10 seconds after I sent that, Columbus tied it. And I was, <laughs> Daniel, you were telling a story about a car and the game. Do you want to quickly tell that? Yes. Okay. Daniel? So our, my family uh, got a new car. It's Honda Civic SI. And, you know, like I... I'm not the best at manual transmissions yet. So what happened was it was 3-0. My dad and I were watching. We we're like, yeah, you know, we kind of felt, you know, the stars are aligning. Cody CC scored. Nick Robertson got his first goal. Like the stars are like, there is no way this could go any other way. So mm-hmm. I went to go practice around the block here and there, you know, a good hour or so. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go back. And then it's overtime. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 3-0 with three minutes left. And then watching it, I'm like, okay, you know, Sheldon Keefe called the timeout, you know, realigning everything, you know, calling them back, saying, okay, what can they can do? And then just that Pierre-Luc Dubois breakaway. <laughs> but, you know, good on Alex Texier. Like, that was a great defensive play. Like, I, you know. Um, so, unless you, you somehow can't tell, listeners, uh, normally we start off with the power, but last night I, I, I made the decision and I told Alex that, like, we have to open with the Leafs today. I think it's just, it's too much of a story. Um, but I, I'd say 
let's talk about the Leafs side of things first. Just quickly, quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What Adam said, it wasn't the first, It wasn't the only time that you jinxed it. You sent a text. It was eleven twenty. The first period of the Jets game is almost done. I'd like to watch it. Can Jones hurry up and score? Not even a minute later, Mike sends a message. F you. I didn't like you anyways. Because the Columbus Blue Jackets scored. I mean, it was Pierre-Luc Dubois, which I won't lie, seeing a Quebec-born player score a hatchet against the Leafs is always a good feeling. Um, especially that Dubois was almost to have Vancouver drafting. It's a whole thing with Subban. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I'm rooting for you guys. You know, you, you guys know why I hate Vancouver so much? In 2011, before I was a real fan, to be honest with you, I was rooting against the Bruins the whole time because they, they knocked out Montreal in the first round. And I put all my eggs in the Vancouver basket and they let me down, right? So I think there's... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I just, I feel bad, Alex. Please uh, still be my friend after I tell the story. Which story? Um, I actually went for the Bruins in 2011. What? Yes, because I... I okay, I still I like them this, now, the but I over. didn't... I didn't, I didn't like Roberto Luongo <laughs> that year. What? Because the year before, he took the starting job from Brodeur in the of Olympics. Of course. That is, of course. Of course. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> okay. I don't yes. know what to say. Well, anyway, guys. Okay. So um, I hope things are still okay, guys. Oh, if you we're... somehow missed it, there was, uh, I, I believe it was 3-1 at the end of the th- Second, it was three. Nothing. I remember they had a three, it was three nothing. nothing lead. Okay, no, it was so it was when when the Jackets got their first go that that um that they tweeted out it was the most dangerous lead in hockey being thrown. All right, sorry. And then um Pierre Luc Dubois scored. Then Pierre Luc Dubois scored again. Oh yeah, it was three nothing, and it was three one at the end of the second. Sorry, it was okay. All right. Um, then Seth Jones scored. Then it went to overtime. And then Pierre-Luc Dubois scored. And I believe it was he stripped Tavares in the offensive or it was a neutral zone? I believe zone? he stripped Tavares at the edge of the neutral zone um, towards – like it was right at the edge of the uh, – of Jesus, uh, edge of Columbus's uh, zone. And yeah, Alex mm-hmm. Texier with the defensive play. And yes. then he went right by Riley and Barry and – that was the end of it. So Riley didn't really yeah. pinch on that. I don't know. He didn't, he didn't pinch too well on that. <laughs> I think no there's way. a few things that didn't go well. Well, Alex, let me pose this question to you then first okay. and foremost. Then we'll, we'll throw it to Daniel for this. Okay. Um, does the fact that the Leafs played so well in the first or second, to the point where they chased out Jonas Carposalo and net, does that even matter at the end of this? Because it's... The, no, it no? doesn't. It doesn't. Because at the end of the day, like, they played... And I think we had we talked about this. We didn't because we haven't recorded a podcast. But game two, they played very well. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about game two. Obviously, now they're missing Muzzin. That that is a, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Coming into game three, we know someone's going to have to take part of Muzzin's role, and that ends up being uh, Dermot and yeah. Martin Marincin. Yeah. That I I don't think with Muzzin in the lineup that changes much. If I'm being honest, the reason the team lost has nothing to do with Muzzin being out of the lineup. Uh-huh. Because I think that's very fair. <laughs> because 
you can blame it on whoever you want. You can blame it on a singular person. It's very difficult for me to pinpoint a singular person to blame. Like, I, I can't. Like, it was literally just blah. It was literally like I threw up on the floor oh. and lit it on fire. How well do you think, Daniel, the Sheldon Geese postgame comments about the lack of drive, the lack of effort, really describe the end of that game? I know, yeah. I uh, kind of felt that, too, that – I don't like, just, you know, maintain the lead. Or I know, like, a lot of, like – there were a lot of breakdowns there that, you know, they just kind of – not – they just kind of seemed complacent with a lot of it. Um, I know, like, I think it was Alex, I believe, who, who retweeted about, like, you know, we've been on this adventure before with a lot of these yes. things that have happened. Yes. And I thought about that, too. This like, yeah, this is something that – it's an ongoing issue you really need to fix. And – I agree with Alex that, you know, they were they looked pretty solid out there without Jake Muzzin. And I just don't know what happened at the second half of the game. You know, it's like that occasional collapse, but it's just something that you know, really need to tighten up, tighten up on. Blame Dubis all you want. If you, that's what you think the issue is, you're blind. You're literally blind to the last 10 years of this franchise. You, 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 you are blind. You're blind. Lou, right. It happened <laughs> under Lou. It happened under Dave Nonis. It happened under Brian Burke. You're just blind. All right, let's let's focus on the on the game on the game itself. If we want to start blaming, like once they lose, we can talk about Dumas. If they lose, because I still think they can come back. Um. Well. I, do you guys ever – because it is a running joke with the Leafs, unfortunately, the the blown lead stuff, the most famous ones. The one thing, you know, um, the famous Winnipeg game, of course. I think they were at, like, a big score against St. Louis Blues. The Boston games are – I don't mean to twist the dagger here, by the way. Um, the, you know, the couple leads they've had against the Bruins. At, at what point can you stop saying that it's the growing pains of a young team? Like, for example, Ovechkin never getting past Crosby – in the second round for years and years. And at what point do you say, regardless of how young these guys are, get it together? Because if they can't do that, then their series is done. Last year. Last year was, last year was for me, last year was the last straw. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I agree. You you go, right? Because that's their third playoff series to get together as a, as this, as this new group. Washington, I give them credit for. They took, I believe they were the President Trophy winners that year, correct? Mm-hmm. In twenty in, uh, in twenty seventeen, you know, no one expected them to even make the playoffs, let alone take them to Game Six. And I believe most of those games went into overtime. The year after, when they played Boston, I mean, listen, I understand, like my. It, it, it was it, Washington, it, by the way. It, they did it, have President's Trophy. President's Trophy. Last year, we were told that, you know, we got bring John Tavares in, and that completely changes everything in terms of now you have a one-two punch in the Matthews line and in the Tavares line. Um, and, you know, I understand Kadri got suspended, and that puts a little bit of – a little bit of a wrench what like i get it but last year was kind of the last straw for me and i'm like come on man like like get it together mm-hmm. i don't know what i i don't know what's going on in their heads but whatever it is get it together because 
I look at how they play sometimes, and this is why I have a lot of blame on the players. A lot of blame on the players. I see how they played in game two. I see how they played the first two periods of the game. I see how they played against Tampa before the season shut down. I see multiple times where they play spectacular hockey, and then they just have these performances. Why am I blaming Sheldon Keefe for that? How am I supposed? What is the justification to blame Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe? I understand a little bit of blame goes on to them. I'm not saying that. But a lot of blame has to be put on the players that they're not taking responsibility. You asked for $11 million. John Tavares does, has not looked good at all this series. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner has been on and off this series. Like, yes, the first two periods in game two, he's looked good. But come on. Like, you're looking for the shot multiple times last night. When was the last time we've ever talked about uh, Mitch Marner's shot? Never. Never. I think a lot of it's on on the players. And and if, if they lose and Kyle Dubas doesn't make a move – now it's on. Now there's a lot of, to be placed on Kyle Dubas. But again, that's a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Daniel, to add on, piggyback Alex's thing of not blaming the coach or the GM, it's even worse on the players that you can no longer blame Mike Babcock. That not only did you get a lot of the season with Keith, but then he himself had the entirety of the pause to plan out a strategy. Because even, I think about a month or two, even into the pause, there was the idea that they would play the Jackets in that 24-game series. Because how much worse does it look on the players now? I think it looks pretty bad. I think Alex really kind of hit the nail in the coffin about, you know, responsibility. And I felt the same way where the last draw was last year where, you know, these guys have already gone through like two playoff series, two play, yeah, two playoff series, and you know what kind of they kind of had. Like when I saw John Tavares sign with Toronto, I felt like you know that was a stabilizing force for them. You know, like now they have like that legitimate like one-two punch down the middle that like a lot of teams have kind of used to win. And what I kind of saw was how the team was built. You know, like these young guys were developing, they were getting used to everything, and they had other guys to kind of keep these guys in check. Like I really, I know cap hit was pretty bad, but I like that Patrick Marlowe was on the team. And I also like that Ron Hainsey was on the team. You know, it was a good mixture of guys and it's just disappointing now to look at, you know, what could have been last year and what's going on right now, because, you know, I love Columbus. We've always talked about, you know, how we always say the system, but you know, it is a lesser team to the Bruins. It's a poor man's Boston Bruins. No offense to the Columbus Blue Jackets. What the Boston Bruins have over this team is that they have players who can actually put up major amounts of points. Um, I, I, I wouldn't compare them at all. It just, I, I, that's just tough for me. Um, but but what I, I do want to take a second to talk about Columbus. Just um, quickly before, can I add on to Daniel's point? Sure. This is the one thing that people said when – um, when Mike Babcock was fired, it's all on the players. It's the players doing that. You got Mike Babcock fired, right? The players got, at the end of the day, the players got Mike Babcock fired. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleur is a damn good goalie. Uh, Mike, 
And they're going, they, they were going to be exposed and they got exposed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, in a second, we'll talk about exactly what Toronto do need to do in, uh, in game four to stay alive here. Uh, so going to Columbus for a second here, guys, because we do of course want to give them credit. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, Seth Jones is oh. so good. Yeah. That guy is a beast. Can we redo the Norris votes and throw Jones in there? Because my dear God, is this guy a monster? I believe Imagine. Seth Jones was injured this year, right? Yeah, he had a, he missed a few games. I bet if he played a, the full season, he would have got major Norris considerations. There, um, could you imagine accepting Ryan Johansson in exchange for Seth Jones? God. I mean, Johansson, I think, yeah. has um, – I have the stats up for Nashville. We'll talk about them later in every other series. Um, but, like, he, he's been all right this playoffs. Not much of Nashville beside that. Um, but also, uh, a big part of after game two was the, the thrashing that Tortorelli gave to Dubois we all saw. Uh, Kevin Bieksa, made a, who is so good at his job, by the way, on the intermission with uh, Sportsnet, was talking about how, like, based on that – because, of course, Bieksa played under Tortorella um, – that they could have a relationship because you could tell by the body language of Dubois. And then what happens? Um, we hear that players seem to love playing for Tortorella, which at the outside looking in, you think, man, that guy's a monster. Um, and then Dubois responds with as good as a playoff game as you can normally have. Yeah. Man, uh, they, they struck. It's weird. Like in my, when I look at it, I think they struggled a little bit in the first two periods, but mm. Keith seems to think that the Leafs didn't play well at all. So I don't know what to make of how Columbus played. Cause for me, I felt the Columbus was trying to match the, how the Leafs play. But at the end of the day, they did it. They got the Leafs tired or whatever the hell got them complacent and they won the game. Mm-hmm. Alex, I mean, Daniel Starr, anything to say about them? A team that you really have a soft spot for. Yeah, um, like two things. That Tavares, like, attempt before the breakaway, I really didn't like that play. Mm-hmm. That just kind of felt like – that was pretty careless of him. Um, and second, I don't Pierre looked at the ball. It just – we've talked about him before. And for me, when he was drafted, I know a lot of people were like, oh, why didn't they take Jesse Pujarvi or, um, you know, Matthew the Chuck? This is where – and, like, yeah, this is why. Like, I think that, you know, there's been of a lot of criticism on him that he didn't become, you know, you know, or maybe he'll be, but, like, a franchise center right away. But now I think we're seeing, like, this is why he went third, and, you know, in a pretty strong draft, I think. And mm-hmm. he has really developed that two-way game that, you know, we were always excited about seeing him come back and now seeing him, you know, really take that extra step. Like, I think this is his coming out party in a way mm-hmm. it's unfortunate it's against the Leafs but it's just something where like you know he's finally showing like you know he's reached his potential and mm-hmm. yeah, personally like you know he was overshadowed by a lot of those deadline acquisitions last playoff run so you know to see that he could still stay this consistent and you know in a way be that guy has been really you know excited for Columbus on that end What's what I've always loved about Dubois is um, that he's not a natural wing uh, centerman. He was a winger, I believe, halfway through his draft year, mm. and then everyone was shocked when Finnish 
finish Man Yamal Kekalainen and pass on Jesse Bulliarvi. And I think last year was he didn't have a terrible offensive year. This year, it obviously, took a step back because of the system he plays. I'm sorry that the um, that the Blue Jackets play. You kind of the same situation with the Islanders and Matt Barzell. By the way, Islanders Panthers going on right now. Zero zero nine minutes uh, left in the first period. Guys, um, what do you think Columbus? What do you think their game plan is? Obviously, we can say play their system, wait for your chances and that. Um, but what do you think they're going to be aiming to do going into game four to knock out the Leafs? And I guess also, um, who do they start in that, Alex? Uh, they're starting Merce Lincolns. Confirmed. Oh, they are? Confirmed. That was quick. All right, John. Yeah, ju- just, uh, just before the podcast. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, they're playing tonight. <laughs> the Elvis show continues. One nothing Islanders, Beauvillier, but sorry, go ahead, Alex. What? No, that's who's starting. No, sir, but also to, before that, sorry, I gave you a double. I, I double loaded you I'm that sorry. question. Sorry, repeat the first question. Dearlism faux pas. Yeah, sorry. Um, what, what do you think the, the Columbus Blue Jacks are going to aim to do going into game four of the knockoff the Leafs? It sounds cheesy, but it's going to be play their, their game. Their And the one thing, this goes back to game one. You have to get Toronto to play their game, to play your game. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened game one. I think game one, they stooped down to the level of the Columbus Blue Jackets in terms of getting, we're going to have to get down and dirty. Toronto, it was almost impossible for Toronto, it felt, to get through the neutral zone. And they were forced to dump and chase it. And what happens when you get into a dump and chase battle with the Columbus Blue Jackets? You're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, what do you think? Yeah, I don't like they play a pretty feisty game with that. You know, they they're gonna not out muscle you or anything, but you know they're gonna like the heart and soul is gonna be there. If you know what I mean, that they're gonna go after every bounce. They're gonna go after every loose puck. You know. Try to like tire out the Leafs again. You know, it's they're not letting them set up anything with those skilled forwards, and the Leafs have to find a way to kind of get around that and not let them just keep doing that dump and chase or the Leafs. You know, trying to play that same game because it's really not. It's something that I think we've talked about. It's kind of like a stranglehold right now on their offensive potential, and it's something they need to kind of cycle through and get around. Uh, words of the series have been skill versus will, and later today. Uh, we have a really wicked lineup of hockey today, guys. Uh, every single game is a possible elimination. Right now, of course, we have the Panthers and the Islanders. Islanders looking to edge off the Panthers. Um, Alex, something yeah, there? Before we move on, are we done with the Leafs? Um, Whenever we'll Unless you have something else to say, then. I, just because this was huge on the Leafs' Twitter last night. Mm-hmm. And I know I keep bringing it up, but... It's it's not trade Nylander. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> no, it's a whole Dubis thing, and I know you said let like let's not talk hypotheticals, but everyone's talking about it. So uh-huh. I feel like we should bring it up. All right. No, nothing. I just think it's a ridiculous. It's a, it's a ridiculous statement to make, and the the idea that Lou or Mark Hunter would do any better it is is completely ridiculous. If I see Mark Hunter in a Leafs tweet, I know that right away. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. I'm not Mark, gonna Mark Hunter doesn't have a job in the NHL. He was interviewed for New Jersey, but didn't get the job. So shut up. Shut up with Mark Hunter. It's not happening. Um, Lou, 
I, what, what do you want me? Do you want Leo Komarov at $3 million? That I sure as hell don't. Again. Under, okay, who would you take, Anders Lee or William Nylander? Because they're taking the same, they're making the same amount of money. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Actually, right. They almost right. lost him too. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they couldn't sign. Because they couldn't sign Panarin. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it. The, All right. The, yeah. Okay. Um. Then sweet then. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about the series that's on. Let's see. I'll quickly get the lineup for today because it's a wicked one, of course. Yeah. Islanders Panthers. Um. Islanders up two one. Then the Arizona Coyotes, Darcy Camper gave them a fantastic performance last game. They're looking to knock off the Predators in the um, the worst of the best, we'll call them. Chicago, we'll get to them a little later as well. They are somehow up on the, the uh, Edmonton Oilers. You'll love to see it. The Leafs of Blue Jackets playing 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. Holy crap already. Um, that's going to be intense. You wonder how tired a guy like Seth Jones will be because he played like three and five minutes. And then, of course, at quarter to 11 Eastern, I don't know how we're going to watch it. It's going to be way too tired. Um, the Canucks up on the wild. And they're on TV right now, guys. This might be out of date, but hell, we'll break it down. The New York Islanders, the floor of the Panthers. Somehow, in a game against the Islanders, who cannot score, Sergei Bervovsky's, Bervovsky, sorry, his save percentage is only a 905. What what what's going on here, guys? How is this game gonna Sir, go? Typical Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, it's better than his regular season goals against. <laughs> I mean, that's not hard. <laughs> that's you know, stop three and you're fine. Yeah. Uh, he, he's trash. I mean, like, what do you want? And it, he can't do anything about that deal either. But like uh, the series itself. I think there was, what, five or six goals scored in game, uh, in game three? Which, like, let's be honest. In a series with these two teams, if there's more than five goals scored, then that's, that's it. But I, I think Florida can score, though, right? Like, yeah. I think that's how they got there, how they got in the position they were at the end of the year in terms of it was them and the Leafs fighting for that third spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They they should be able to score. Like we're talking about Huberdo and Barkov, and then you look. They got um, Dadunov and Hoffman. Come on. You know, right now Hoffman four points in three games. He has two goals going into the series. Barkov has a goal. Yandel hasn't scored. Huberdo has one. Boyle has somehow a goal. Howla has a goal, and then no one else. Uh, Afghani Dadunov yeah. only has a single. Assist those and, guys. I mean, man, what's Noel Achari doing? You signed him to that deal. I know, or Brett Conley, or Brett Conley, yeah, or Mike Matheson. Oh wait, not oh, Mike. that's no, no, Mike Matheson. Huge. It is Mike yeah. Matheson. Mike Matheson yeah. was yes. scratched. I Did love I Joe Quinville. Does not care. No, I remember the deal when this deal was signed, and I and and I wasn't as. In, into hockey in terms of like knowing what the hell I was talking about but I'm like who the hell is this guy it's um it, he's a bit of a bum <laughs> again like joke like you know how bad their defense is right it's like how Marincin when he was an oiler couldn't crack their lineup it's like if you can't crack the Florida Panthers lineup on defense, I think it's a bit of a red flag. And, and you're I making think, four and a half million dollars. 
Exactly. And I think that's a big part of why the Islanders are up, besides the fact that um, uh, I don't want to uh, – Barry Trotz is a great coach, but, I mean, Quindale has nothing to really work with here. I, I don't know how you play with confidence when you know that your goalie's a sieve. I mean, that's the big question here. And by the way, we should actually – Jordan Eberle has been fantastic so far. Uh, he's an underrated big game player. He is. Well, I don't know. We saw him in the real juniors, uh, I guys. I don't know. You know, and you know that time in Edmonton where you didn't do much in the first round. and then uh, yeah, That's why you trade him. That's for why you trade him for zero for pennies. Uh. And goes to the Islanders and there's all this great success. And what do you know? You know what? Peter Shirelli can fix the Arizona Coyotes. Okay, let's hire him. Okay. All right, all right. Ekman Larson to go me. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean, guys, uh, if, if the Islanders don't win today, I str- really, really do think they, they do as – as I say, they're on an offensive um, zone draw right now. Yeah. Um, I still don't see the Panthers coming back here. I mean, otherwise, Barkov needs to completely dominate. And I don't think in – I will admit, um, full, full disclosure, I have not paid as much attention to this series and others, and I don't think a lot of people have. But it's very clear that Alex Barkov and Jonathan Hubert have not played their best hockey yet. And um, that's what needs to happen for the Panthers to even have a yep. chance at that. And your goal needs to stop the puck. That would be good. Mm-hmm. We and still love Bob, to... though, despite all of that. It's like the Cody CC thing. We still love Bob. Oh, we did we did we talk about Cody CC? How Cody CC scored a goal and how I never doubted him. That's when I thought five... the stars aligned. Yeah, I, for, I loved for five your, I minutes. For five yeah. minutes, and then he played like garbage, and then I changed my mind. Cody Cece scores a goal. The first 18-year-old to make his playoff debut since Jerome McGinley. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, he's wearing 89 for Alexander Bagilny. You know, he yeah. should be a Hall of Famer. By the way, Anthony Bovillia has his second of the oh. night. Two-nothing Islanders. I don't know why I'm recapping it. If you're listening to this, the game's done. It's over. Like the, <laughs> like the Leafs game, maybe, all by the time you're watching, uh, listening to this podcast. I will say, though, good call, Alex, for saying, let's record on Friday, because, man, after that Leafs game. Yeah, there's, uh, a lot. there's no way I would have been able to survive until Monday. Uh, exactly. Speaking um, of, what are we doing Monday, Adam? Very good. Uh, so Monday, August 10th is the second draft lottery where every team who failed to qualify for the Sweet 16, the real first round of the playoffs, will all have a 1-8 shot for Alexis Lafreniere. We will be doing a live show. It will be a mix of probably a post-mortem size preview for the first round of the playoffs and of the qualifier. And, of course, you'll have our live reaction to Alexis Lafreniere finally seeing where he's going. And right now, we know that the Rangers are one of the teams who will have a shot at Alexis Lafreniere, the only one so far. Actually, no, nope. them, and, them and the Jets, God damn it. Yep. Um, Robinson goes to the Panthers. Like, you know, we just talked Stop about it, their, Daniel. Uh, Daniel. their scoring woes. He goes there. That's the worst thing to happen to the <laughs> NHL. That, the NHL should be devastated. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to think about that. Uh, there's a few teams that... Man, Lafreniere has been trending nonstop since the first day of the play-in because every time a team loses, it's like, well, we'll take them. And it's hilarious. But, yeah, come check out the uh, – it will be on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, hopefully our, the technical difficulties will be a bit better than, uh, than last time. But Same thing as last time. 
Yeah. Uh, please come and check the show out. You know, it, it will be fun. We'd love to see you there. I'm bringing Don't out my dual screens this time. Yeah. Um, yes. I have a working TV this time, so That's I'll get the watch. Unfortunately, um, as, as of right now, Mike will not be joining us because he has to work. Um, I don't we wish him the best at his job. Yeah. But hey, uh, sorry. Did he work we, again? Sorry, I just, sorry. <laughs> he's like head radio dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. As he described to me, when he messes up, everyone listening knows that he messed up. So a lot, okay. of, a lot of pressure there. I'm uh, waiting for a shout out on that, though. Yeah, same. Yeah, um, so am I. I did try and do a nice transition to the Rangers there. Um, but we do know one series is over. The Carolina Hurricanes handily sweep the New York Rangers, and it was not even close. Um, we'll start with the Rangers' point of view and that what we saw – now, Shostorkin didn't start for the Rangers in Game 3 after being unfit to play in Games 1 and 2. Tried his damnness, but, guys, um, it is fair to say – that if he does not get bought out by the Rangers or traded, that we have probably seen the last postseason start for Henrik Lundqvist as a New York Ranger. I think we've seen the last start. I don't know if we've seen. Well, I don't know if we've seen the last start. We can debate that in a second. Um, but I'll start with the more of the old timer hockey fan here, Daniel. Um, I really want to know what it feels like to have seen King Henrik lose his crown sad to be honest you know he's been like that huge fixture in new york um a lot of people have already commented on it i believe it was the hockey news and espn that he really stabilized new york hockey like looking at their situation where they were you know in the early 2000s like you know it was the end of the Messi era the mike richter era and what you see is you know you, this guy you get in the seventh round in 2000 suddenly you know, he's the starting goalie for Sweden at the 2006 Olympics and he wins gold medal. And then he comes to a Rangers team that, you know, there's a bit of turmoil there where Yamir Yager, I guess for the first time, leaves the NHL as the Rangers captain. And, you know, the Rangers go on a weird thing about signing all these random guys, not really random guys, but like guys that don't deserve the money they got. You know, Chris Jury, Scott Gomez. Etc. But with Scott Gomez, but with Henrik Lundqvist, he was like you know people were saying he was like that star that the Rangers were really lacking of like you know a prime Messier in like the nineties and you know he really bought into it like it was a big market but he handled it so well like you know not only he dressed so well to every game yes amazing hair but he just you know he dealt with the he dealt with like the media so well and he. You know, he, he carried that team in 2014 to the finals. Like, you know, I had a bit of a bias there too because, you know, I, the the Kings, you know, knocked out the Ducks in a pretty tough series that year. And I really wanted Lundqvist to win. Also, you know, it would have been nice. You know, he, he's been going at it for a while. And that was – I so I remember, like, that wasn't even the story. That was, like, the Brad Richards in the fourth line thing. But that's, sorry, that's a random tidbit as well. But to see him kind of, like – just slowly go through the age and know, know that know that that team didn't really kind of come together to get him like a championship and now that he's like 38 is it's it's pretty upsetting but he's meant so much i think to the rangers like he is his name's no matter what it's his jersey is going to be in the rafters mm-hmm. alex yeah goaltending was not the issue 
this series. That was Shusterk when Shusterkin played. That was that was quite evident to me. Mm. Um, I, I think just the Rangers. Uh, I I don't know if I should use this word, and, but I think the Rangers looked abysmal. Like it was not good. Um, both like I even part Panarin didn't look like. You know, Hart Trophy finalist Artemi Panarin did not look too good. Um, their defense, like, again, like I said, it, they, you know, you look at who they have. I, I don't know if it, they're all – like, D'Angelo's not much of a defensive defenseman. He got murdered by Ajo yeah. on that yeah. move. I don't know much oh. – I don't think Truba's much of a defensive defenseman. Oh. But, like, that's a pairing. Is that really the smartest move? Probably yeah. not. So, your forwards aren't running well. Your defense isn't running well. And, what, you're just going to leave your goalies out to dry? I think that's yeah. what ended up happening. The Rangers are, you know what, um, they are still a, a, a young team, relatively. Um, Panthers within one, Mike Hoffman. Again, um, they they still are a young team. D'Angelo is a young man. Um, you know, Lai, we don't even know what's happening with Lyle Sanders and still, but Truba, younger guy. Um, Zabanchev's not the oldest one in the world, but you know, it, it it very much everyone had that kind of viewing of what they were towards the end of the se- the uh, before the uh, the shutdown of the season. But man, yeah, they they were not. They really did look like a, a non playoff team versus a playoff team. Yeah. And uh, I guess if we want to then go to the Carolina Hurricanes, oh my dear God, they are. The chemistry is there. Their defense is there, and man, were their big players playing. Sebastian Ajo leads the playoffs in scoring right now. You heard me. That's yeah. more points than McDavid. Yeah, that that's – you know what? It's not a surprise, but it's a little bit of a surprise. You know what I mean? Like, I think we we talked about the Carolina Hurricanes and we're like, man, like this team can really do something if, if they're hot and they're hot. Mm-hmm. Their goalies seem to be on point. Um, their defense, even with missing Dougie Hamilton, is on point. Their forwards are on point. Like everything's going right for them, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's, man, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of agree with what you said, Adam. That you know it, like I I'll say it this way: a complete team versus you know a team that's still figuring out a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like the Hurricanes, you know they they don't have as much movement. I think like from the last like last summer, you know, like they got Jake Gardner, but the thing is like everything just seems to kind of fit where it is and. They've been able to kind of like have that stability, like, you know, everywhere in that lineup, you know, they could score, they could defend. And I, I admit it guys, like I am a big Jacob Slavin fan now looking at everything with him. Like I, I have to keep rooting for this guy. I think we all forget. And I feel like this, after this series, it's all noticeable that we forgot that how big Carolina added at the deadline. Yeah, um, yeah, Brady Shea, Jesus. It just, it just seems to, like, fit. Yeah, tro- yeah it, uh, Trocek, a big, big part of the penalty kill at times. Um, Brady Shea, I think, actually scored or there was a or, – or scored and then was deflected in, um, in game three. 
And man, boy, does it look bad on Carolina. I mean, on the Rangers that they traded Brady Shea. I don't know why they would do that. It's a, it was a weird one. That definitely came out of nowhere. Um, I think, though, we, we do need to take – I think especially you two are, are kind of required that Jake Gardner and James Reimer – They did it. Won a playoff series in They did it for us. They did it. Man, uh, James Reimer, that, there's a few players from the Leafs before uh, 2015 that have a special place in my heart, and those two are definitely – Definitely, uh, they're part of it, mm-hmm. random, especially James Reimer. Random question, Alex. Yeah, had, is this the same feeling when Tyler Bozak won the cup? Yeah, like Gunnarsson. I like yeah, like okay. I was happy. I was definitely happy for for Bozak and and Gunnarsson. I'm I'm definitely happy. Like especially James Reimer. Like I was a huge. I was on board for that James Reimer. Like Jonathan Bernier, get the hell out of here. It's James Reimer's spot. I was kind of the opposite. I'm sorry. That's okay. My dad was. My dad doesn't. My dad doesn't watch a whole lot of hockey. I think he was just doing it to piss me off. But oh. uh, he was. He was. He was just getting on me for, for Bernier. But uh, yeah, man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we talked about Aho and him being a scoring leader. Okay, guys. So Aho eight points in three games. Boom. Okay. Wow. I want you to guess who is second in scoring in the playoffs. Take a wild guess. He's, he's a pretty good player. You may have heard of him. Today, please. Um, Connor McDavid. Uh, Daniel, who do you think? Andre Svechnikov. It, not Andre Svechnikov. He's seventh, though. Oh, Terry uh, it is, No, I was No, no, it's not. It, 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 it's Connor McDavid, yes. Oh, okay. Seven points in three games. Yeah. Three goals, oh, five assists. Jesus. I want you to guess who third in scoring is. Um, I'll go with I'll go Svechnikov. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we'll... Svechnikov is seventh. Oh, he's seventh in scoring. Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, Leon. Okay. Uh, Daniel Luke Dubois. No, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Wow. Also yeah. has seven and seven. Guess that who guy's is? Had a good, good. Yeah. Guess who is fourth in scoring? Is it Leon? No, no, it's not Leon. It's not Leon. Um, what team does he play for? I'm not telling you. Wait, wait, which conference? Which conference? Help this us is out. overall scoring in the playoffs. Oh, okay. um, Nathan okay. McKinnon. Okay. Who do you no, think, I don't Alex? think it, I don't think it's a round-robin guy. I think it's uh, – Is it uh, – uh, I'll just go with Dreisaitl. It is Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Yeah, there we Second, go. third, and fourth in scoring are all Oilers for a combined 20 points between those three players. And they are somehow down 2-1 to one to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Edmonton Oilers, baby. You love it. So I'm just curious. I'm just curious. if Hypothetically, if they lose tonight um, – so they, that means they didn't make the playoffs. Am I allowed to brag that I said the Edmonton Oilers wouldn't make the playoffs at the be- when I said that at the beginning of the year? You can until okay. they win Lafreniere. Why? Then I don't think you can talk. Why? Because then they get Lafreniere for three but years. But they still didn't make the playoffs. But then they get Lafreniere. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, that's fine. 
That's like, fine. Like, like, in all seriousness, um, only Mata is actually up here in scoring as well. Only Mata is the leading defenseman in scoring. He has more points than Mark Stone. The same amount of points as, as, as Mike Hoffman, defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks. I, I, like, they're both terrible teams at the core of it. But then what's funny is, again, 20 points from three players, and you are still losing. Daniel, is there anything more Edmonton than this? No, not really. <laughs> to be honest, it's kind of like you know who carries the team, kind of builds that structure for everything. And I don't know, this, I, like we've talked about it before, it's been an exciting series, like no matter what happens. Like even that 4 yeah. 3 loss, you know, that come behind win for the Blackhawks, it's just all those bounces coming, coming in for them. Mm-hmm. Here, here's something I want to ask. I'm not going to be stupid and say, can Connor McDavid learn anything from Jonathan Taves? But man, can. Can the Edmonton Oilers not look at those top guys for Chicago and think, man, it'd be nice if we show. How does Connor McDavid not give you, I think Dangle made a really good point of this. How do you not look at Connor McDavid and think, Jesus Christ, how can I not pick it up with this guy in front of me? How can any Oiler look themselves in the face and say, I am giving my 100% for this guy? It's embarrassing. It's it's a thousand percent. I'm thinking of James Neal. James Neal is a scrub. I'm He's sorry. Not being the real deal right now. The the argument at the beginning of the year that James Neal turned it around because he scored in like 20 games. Get out of here. He I'm was sorry. Good for a month. I'm sorry. That's a ridiculous argument. But it's embarrassing. It's it's uh, it's really upsetting. <laughs> but like, is it surprising? Miko Koskinen, who's played two full games, and I think he's went in for one. For yeah, Mike he Smith. was. Mike Smith was pulled in game one. Eight eight six save percentage, and has led in eight goals. So, you know, we talk about Sergei Bobrovsky, but then there's these numbers. <laughs> yeah, but we give Sergei Bobrovsky yeah. crap because he's making. $10 million a year for the next mm. six years. Miko Koskinen is making four and I think four and a half. Is that what the number Peter Shirelli signed him to? Yeah. Also, you know, those unconventional numbers for goalie 72 with 19. It's kind of weird to me. It's, it's really upsetting for sure. Uh, Miko Koskinen makes where are the goal he does make 4.5 million dollars two years after this so I, I can't even ask you guys how the hell do the Oilers win because you know McDavid and Leon are going to show up that's the answer that's it they don't have anything else this I just, was the from the beginning of the year and it hasn't changed how do you sorry to go away from the mic there no. it's just I cannot fathom that the best player in the world gives you a four-point performance in game one, you lose. He then puts in a hat-trick, and I believe that was game two, you win. But then I believe Leon had a pair of goals as well in game three, and you somehow blow it in the last few minutes. And Jonathan Taves' wicked goal uh, with like a bit about, I think it was about a minute left in that game. I mean, it's not like Crawford's been lights out either. Ollie Matt is a bum. How are you not getting past that? I know Duncan Keith looks aye, but like, this is 30, what, seven year old Duncan Keith? Calvin DeHaan? 
the, the, they're getting exposed. The Edmonton Oilers got exposed. Do you think it's like an experience thing or is it just kind of like Blackhawks just throwing all they can? I mean, forget about experience. Like, there's a, like, what's going on with the Canadians for guys like Suzuki and Kotkaniemi? That's experience. For guys like Nick Robertson for the Leafs, that's experience. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Who on the Oilers needs this experience? Hopkins, that's it. Maybe Ethan Bear. That's it. But then you've got Darnell. You've got Russell. I mean, I know Russell, but you still got Russell. You'd imagine people would just glow about in the playoffs with the style of play. And then we've mentioned the top guys. I don't think there's a single excuse for the Oilers anymore. Oh, there's zero excuse. No. Like, I, I don't mean to laugh at your point there, Daniel, but, like, forget about experience. Like, there is – no, this isn't a young, cute team. This is Edmonton who is wasting, again, the best years of the best player in the world. The best player of his generation, and he's made the pl- actual playoffs once. Mm-hmm. Once. Losing to the Ducks. <laughs> yeah, because Corey Perry was a – I don't know if I can say that word. Yeah, I, I have. He's a prick. Because he's Corey Perry, and I don't know if that goal should have counted, but, man, does, does Corey Perry know how to fall on goalies and make <laughs> it somehow look like an accident? Um, anything else we want to say about the Oilers? They play later there's a There's a few guys who have no points. That is, It's quite concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, jo- uh, Josh Archibald. I don't know why Josh Archibald's playing on the first line. That's my first question. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu, zero points. Adam Larson, zero points. Kyler Yamamoto, zero points. That is uh, that is indeed a disappointment. Um, you know who I think would actually, if they, he was still there, who would actually really help the Oilers? Um, I want you guys to tell me, who do you think 13th in scoring is? This player has four points in four games. And would a former oh, Oiler? Oh, Milan Lucic. <laughs> Milan Lucic. <laughs> Get out of here. That's not. That would not do anything. I'm sorry, guys. You laugh at me. Milan Lucic has as many points as, as Patrick Kane, Taylor Hall, Quentin Hughes. At many points with all those guys. Um, but we'll move on to what I I'm really upset about this, guys. Um, last night the Winnipeg Jets were eliminated by the Calgary Flames in Game 4. Uh, though, let's be honest here, guys. This series was determined in Game 1 when Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine were both injured. Yeah. And, um, they never got a look back in. Had- no, you, you know, the, the entire year they were kind of – their whole thing was, hey, we, we don't have all these players and we're still doing well. And they, they were riding Connor Hellebuck. And – Honestly, if there's a guy who suffered the most from the four-and-a-half-month break, it was 1,000% Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was really disappointing. Now, does that mean he shouldn't win the Vezina and, and, should, have, and should be a consideration for the heart? No, he should definitely both. Both of those things still hold up. But it's definitely disappointing, and I think things just got worse. Like – we're not talking about second or third line players here. We're talking about first line elite center, uh, elite goal scorer, and and 
especially someone with line eight who's really improved throughout the year. Mm. Um, it, it's really disappointing. And, and I think next year, I think next year they're going to come back stronger and I think they're going to come back with a different defense core. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Daniel, I mean, when you've got a world junior guy like Patrick Liney, who's just gone, it's just a real damn shame. I, I mean, I mean, it, it really. What was his name? Jonas Harkins, the guy that we that is not the real. Rookie. Oh yeah, the rookie, yeah. the rookie. Mm-hmm. 2015 second rounder. I mean, when him, Andrew Kopp, and Adam Lowry, great name. When they are your center depth, uh, Daniel, uh, do you think? Sorry, it's a bit of a postseason question, but. And I don't think Brian Little was even going to help if he was healthy with this scenario. Do you think there's at all now pressure to Kevin Chevaldehoff to maybe finally go out and acquire a centerman with some term that can play with line A and maybe not to the level of, of a Shifley because that's, you're going to have to give up a lot to get there. But do you think now there's pressure on Chevaldehoff to go get some more center help, especially a top six centerman? Mexico? Yeah, I think – I think so. Like, you know, looking back on, I guess, how the Jets were two years ago and how they were a bit more complete than they look now. Um, yeah, that lack of depth right now, like on the defensive end and just kind of looking at like everything. You know, Brian Little is going to be 33 and he's had a lot of injuries. Matthew Perot, I don't know. I, he he kind of like logs in there, but I really don't like trust him mm-hmm. being right there. They have enough to kind of do something but I think yeah like you have to kind of think about like the sacrifices you're going to have to make to make a deal like that like are you going to mortgage the future are you going to you know give away one of your wingers like I think about like Nick Ehlers like he could probably like snag something if you add some assets to that but definitely like the way the team is built now they're kind of saying you know we want to win now we want to be more consistent have that term you know not I like look back on like all those deadline deals they did, like, you know, the Kevin Hayes, the Paul Stasny, like, you know, you only can do that for so long mm-hmm. until you realize, you know, these are just quick fixes that we can't keep doing these uh, deadline deals and just hope for the best on the, these runs. And, um, can I answer that question too? Sure. I don't think he should be, he is going to be pressured in fixing the second lines in, in finding that second line center. I think, more than that, he's going to be pressured into fixing that defense because I think that's what got away from them this year. Not having Truba uh, or trading Truba, losing Myers, and Dustin Bufflin suddenly not showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, literally. I think there's more of a, there should be more of an emphasis on that. And I think if you look at who they have, like I think someone like Jack Roslovic, who's really taken steps over the last two years, could have could potentially take that second line center position um, over the next few years, mm-hmm. and I think Brian Little's kind of your stop. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? A contract you're desperately trying to get off the books. No, no, no. Stop gap. Yeah, stop gap. Sorry. Yeah, you just uh, put him on the third there. line because you kind of need to, you know, to make the most out of that cap hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the other side of this coin, though, guys, um, Johnny Goudreau, two goals in this series. Lindholm, Elias, not Hampus, two. Uh, Mikhail Backlund, three points. Andrew Mangiapani, four and four. Lucic, somehow point per game. Six points in four games for Sean Monaghan. Guys, the 
Flames needed their big players to show up. Uh, Kachuk only had two points, but at the same time, he's doing his job just pissing everyone off. Um, what do you make of the performance starting? Um, we'll, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Alex here to start. Of the Leafs, oh, sorry, not the Leafs. The um, I can do that again. The <laughs> Western Leafs. Um, what do you guys make of, of 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 the Flames star players showing up for the first time in the postseason since this core has really been together? Yeah, I think it's exactly uh, what they needed, and and I don't know what clicked in their head, but whatever the hell clicked in their head, if they could. Uh, call some of the Leafs and uh, get that figured out. That would be spectacular. Uh, Sean Monahan, four points, uh, six points in four games. Backlund, three points in four games. Bennett, uh, three points in four games. Goudreau, again, uh, three points. Same with Lindholm. Like, these are the guys that, that we were talking about who were not showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they decided to show up this year, but they did. So no one, I'm not going to be questioning it. Uh, The fact that Milan Lucic is a point per game is spectacular. Now I'm just going to check something, but, but that third line, I think with Sam Bennett and I don't know who, whoever else is on that line seems to be doing well. Mm Hmm. Sam Bennett, Mr. Everyone Loves Him, and he'd be a great playoff performer, is finally doing something. Yeah, the third line is Milan Lucic, Sam Bennett, and Dylan Dubé. Little junior captain. Dylan That's Dubé. such a weird line that should not work. Mainly because Lucic is like your anchor. Not in a good way, isn't he? Literally they, they, have, they have nine points combined in, in four games. Who knew that the bane of Connor Hellebuck's uh, existence was going to be Milan Lucic, Dylan Dubé, and Sam Bennett? And the most interesting thing, quickly, that that I found is uh, David Riddick hasn't played a single game. Yeah. yeah. Big save, Dave. Cam Talbot is 3-1, and one, nine four five save percentage. You think the Oilers miss him? Maybe, maybe. Uh, guys, you know, I, maybe I, his first it, season there, Cap Talbot, mm-hmm. but not the other ones. Yeah, I mean that's very true. Um, disappointing goaltending in some series, especially Connor Hellebuck. There, some surprising goaltender of Cam Halbert. Cam Halbert. Tam Cam Talbot. Tam, Tam Calbit. Tammy Calvin. <laughs> Though um, we want to talk about some other good goaltending. Um, we'll look at Minnesota, not Minnesota. God damn it! No, they didn't. No, 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 no. no. Um, Arizona and Nashville. Darcy Kemper in Game Three, thirty-nine save performance. Now the Coyotes are up. They look to eliminate the Nashville Predators, and I can say this on air. What do you know? The Arizona Coyotes are on decent ice, and they're scoring goals. Um, these are their goal scorers. I just want to mention this. Grabner, Dvorak has a pair. Taylor Hall, Oliver Ekman Larson. Clayton Keller has a pair. Lawson Krause, Carl Solberg, and Connor Garland. All pretty interesting names. You've got some top end guys there. Uh, you got a defenseman, and you've got more of your bottom six guys. Now, these are the goal scorers for the Predators. Uh, Philip Forsberg has two. Uh, Ryan Ellis has one. Victor Arvidsson has a pair. Ryan Johansson has one. Benino, 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 Benino. Mr. Playoff, Nick Benino has one. And Kali Yonkroak 
also has won only six goal scorers through game sorry uh, through three games for the Nashville Predators and I think we can start with them um man where is Craig Smith guys invisible uh Bobrovsky just made a spectacular save it was a height Nice toe save, nah. but, uh, but, but Nashville. Yeah, we, we have to Nashville. celebrate his little victories, okay? I mean, yeah. no, no. Well, we talked about that. Nashville, let's go. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I feel like it's the same issues from the beginning of the year. Just everything's inconsistent. Everything's just inconsistent. UC Soros, I don't think I, – I think UC Soros is good. I just think he's having an off year, and the four and a half months hasn't changed a single thing. Uh, Daniel, what, what do you think? Because you were a bit upset to see Pecorino lose his, his starting, like, almost 89-game record. Yeah, I think Yusaros is solid, but I don't think he has that same – like, if they're going to replace Pecorino, which they probably should at this point, um, I don't think Yusaros has that same ceiling that you'd ex- – like, they've come to expect for goaltending in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, but can he play 50 games? I think he, I know. I keep thinking forty-five. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but probably fifty <laughs> at that point. But forty-five. But uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just the way Nashville's built is just they have all the guys. You know, you have the Matt Duchesne, you have the Ryan Johansson, and you just you're still struggling to kind of like make something out of it. Like I don't know. Like I just know that like you expect more than forty points from these guys, and you expect them to kind of you know, really perform for you when you're making they're you're giving them like, you know, north of seven or eight million every year. Um the Preds have a lot of quality. You know, we've mentioned Craig Smith, Victor Arvidsson. It's like these like solid wingers that could really do something. It's just they need to catch up with the consistency and quality they have on defense. Because it's just it's just I feel bad for Rydell and Roman Yossi. I am trying to find a certain player here. You know what's plaguing the National Predators? I think you're about to say it before I can get his name up here and look at the stats. Matt Duchesne. That bastard. Um, uh, He curses every team. He has an assist, and he is – I know it's not an important stat, but he is minus four in this series. Um and of the 19 players, I think, that do have – no, no, they don't have stats. Um, of the players I have up here for Nashville, I think these are all their skaters. He has the lowest one. Um, yeah. If you talk about disappointing years, you don't look much further. We like Matthew Shane. Um, when he's not making fun of you in an Uber car – in an Uber, sorry. Um, he's probably he's, a great guy. Yeah, Mike told us he's a great guy. Yeah. Loves his country music. Cute kid. Um, but, man, uh, he – needs to turn his career around quickly because this man does not he's not going to leave a great legacy and it, it's unfair for 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 me as somebody to who has never does i don't even know how to skate to criticize him but at the same time man um he is just followed by a misfortune and disappointment it's just it's just like that expectation we always have of him that and then when, like, you know, he kind of hits that, like, I, I guess, like, sometimes he doesn't hit it long-term, but then people are like, okay, let's give him this money. He'll hit this long-term. But, like, if you've looked through his career, I know, like, there's been a lot of injuries. He was on a horrible 
horrible Colorado team. Um, what is it? I believe 2017. That mm-hmm. that was when like they were last by a long shot. That was 2017, I believe, or uh, or 16. Yes, because um, that would have been the year that they drafted. Because um, 17, 18 was the year that that Montreal was really bad and got Kakinyemi, and then they chose Kachuk and used that pick. See, that would have been the Kam- year they were. Makar. Makar. Not no, no, change. I'm oh. I'm saying for oh, now, yeah, yeah, Ottawa. Yeah. Ottawa, sorry. I meant oh. I said Nashville. I meant Ottawa, sorry. Oh, yeah, yes. Okay. With the uh, Matthew Shane sort of train there. So, yeah, that would have been the year that – or did I completely zone out looking at stats and you were talking about Nashville? Yes. No, no. He was t- asking when Colorado was really bad. That was like – that's the exception. Season. Like I'll give an excuse for Matthew the one Shane's season, performance. I'm so was sorry. I'm so the sorry. One, the one season where they finished dead last and was like Detroit bad. Yeah, weren't they like? Yeah, yeah, they were historic, like historic, historically oh. bad, historically yeah. bad. And then he showed it to training camp, and he was all disappointed. And, yeah. I, it and was then he terrible. forced a trade. No, yeah, no. and it was amazing. Do you think he would still get that eight, eight, uh, seven years, eight million dollars if Nashville wasn't a team? Um, if Montreal were stupid enough to go through with with uh with it, probably. Do you think there's teams that are stupid enough to do it? Not now. They're desperate. Yeah, <laughs> not, I don't, not now, not. but yeah. at the time, it's like I don't like. Is okay. This is the one question I think about: Is Matt Duchesne a number one center? No, no, he's not. No. Neither is Ryan Johansson. We know this. There they go. were supposed to be number one centers, yeah. both of them. And but, but yeah, just haven't hit that talent level. Sometimes you just you just aren't good enough. Um, it, this is what I think. Okay, so. Of the three centers they have acquired to kind of, you know, make that strength down the middle, I think Nick Benino is the only one that has come as advertised. Yes, I agree. I think he had a poor season. but Because I, I think with Nick Benino, I, I don't think there was as high – like, what was the expectation in bringing in Nick Benino? Good in the playoffs. A middle, was- a middle six center. You know who we didn't talk about? Kyle Turris. Kyle, yeah, when they brought in exactly. Kyle Turris, Kyle Turris was supposed to be a second-line center. Oh, but he's like he's really, really – I don't like making fun of Kyle Turris. Oh, he's, he's a really, great guy. I bet he's, he's a great guy. guy, just like Cody Cece. He could be on the podcast. I, I'd i love it. But Cody, um, Kyle Turris is not a second-line center. I'll be right back. I just got to grab my charger. Okay. Ryan Johansson is not a first-line center, and – um. Matt Duchesne is not a first-line center anymore. So it's kind of crazy when you look at, like, what they're kind of paying for for that. It just – I don't know. Like, where does that leave Nashville now? Like, okay, so I look back on – okay, hypothetically, they get eliminated now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it going to look like for them next year? Like, do they still have the expectation that, you know, we can be a contender or, you know, we're just an okay team with these bloated contracts? Well, what Pekka Rene shows up? Which one? He's still under contract. Um, I don't see any team taking him. All right. I'm going to stop us there just because okay. um, we haven't talked about the Coyotes. Where's Phil um, Phil, he has an assist, I think. He does not have a – he hasn't registered a goal, but, I mean – Three assists. He, three assists? Yes. Yeah, three three assists. assists. Attaboy, Phil. Okay. Attaboy, Phil. Point per game. Love to see it. He's a playoff performer, is Phil Castle. We, we've all known that. Um, but, man – the Yotes are doing their job. The guys who were supposed to show up have showed up. Taylor Hall, four points. Christian Dvorak, three points. Keller, three points. 
Kessel, three points. Stepan, three points. Mm. Plus, you know, a, a little more. Solberg, Kraus, those guys are decent. They're good I have players. I a soft spot for Lawson Kraus scoring. Yeah, I remember when they got him and was like, oh, he's big. Woo! <laughs> The only guy who hasn't put up a point where maybe I'd expect him to put up a point is Jacob Chikorin. If he's healthy, that's a win. That's the like, only as long guy. as he's playing. Yeah. Like maybe Barrett Hayden, but Barrett Hayden, I, I don't know. Daniel would have to give me what his expectations. You know, we, we, we gotta are. we gotta be patient with him. You know, he'll 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 learn. He needs the experience, and you know, we'll yeah, expect yeah. more from him in the coming years. I oh, really hell with that, and um, and of course, Darcy Kemper is good. Beauty, yeah, beauty. He's back. Unreal. S- sorry, we don't have a lot to say about you, Arizona. Um, Listen, there's not the much to say. There's not. Yeah, yes. the jerseys are awesome. There's not much to say about Arizona except the things that they were supposed to do, they are now doing. The moment Shaka left, and that is the biggest compliment I can give Arizona. Does this remind you of when Brian Burke left and then the Leafs made the playoffs in the short season? Absolutely not. No? Okay. Don't remind me. I've been through enough, Daniel. I've been okay. through enough. <laughs> um, well, quickly, we'll, we'll just get this out the way. Um, the round robin teams. Yesterday, I believe, Las Vegas, uh, after a win over Colorado, have clinched the first seed in the West. So they will play whoever the lowest seed is in the Sorry, West as well. Who's, who's clinched the first seed? Apparently, Las Vegas has. They, That's they what play, I saw. Did they play? They played St. Louis yesterday, right? And one. That's why. Okay. Friedman. I saw Friedman tweeted out, yes. and of course tomorrow, because luckily we have no round robin games today. Thank God. Um, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay will play for first seed. And by the way, um, Boston have still not won a game, uh, so they're not looking fantastic. Listen, I was who I was texting someone about the round robin. I, I don't take much out of these games. No. Like Tarasenko and Robert Thomas didn't play yesterday. John Carlson didn't play yesterday. Uh, Tuka, I know Tuka Rask is unfit to play, but there's guys who aren't playing for every team and they're the star guys. Uh-huh. So uh, I feel like to take to make to take things out of the the three games that they're going to play, I feel like we're going to we're going to see completely different teams when the playoffs actually start. Yeah, um, the Bruins. The only thing with the Bruins I, I wonder about is because they had so many players who are behind in camp. But what, right. I mean, at the same time though, it's the Bruins. Don't count them out. They'll figure it out. Because they'll, they'll they'll hurt you. Um, well, I don't want to talk about Minnesota, but I really want to talk about the Habs. So we'll we'll talk about Montreal and Pittsburgh, and we'll we'll save Minnesota for last because that's the last series anyone really wants to watch. Um, am I able to give one last point at the end of the show about the Leafs that I forgot? Do you want me to just do it now? Yeah, I I feel bad, but I really forgot, and I really wanted to say it. Okay. Um, um, there's two guys I want to shout out who played really well. Mm-hmm. Last night, despite that mess, Frederick Anderson oh, and yeah. Austin Matthews consistently <laughs> splendid. Consistently splendid. Make it a t shirt. He has been good, Matt. That's the name of the episode. Consistently I'm you, splendid. I, I, gave, I gave most improved to William Nylander. I'm starting to rethink that. I think Austin Matthews has defensively has taken the biggest strides on this team. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. That's it. That's how I got it. Is he becoming the Anze Kopitar that everyone projected him to be? I don't think I don't think so. Scores forty in this race, you're like, don't mind me. Alright. Um, like we all predicted, the Montreal Canadiens have a chance to eliminate the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Uh, I, I mean, guys, I am terrified that Evgeny Malkin is going to show up tonight because I don't. I've seen a Russian man who looks like Evgeny Malkin wearing number seventy-one for the Penguins, but he has not played like seventy-one Russian man Evgeny Malkin so far. Yeah, man, it is. It's it's a tough one on the Penguins, and and I really want to ask Adam this question. I've been waiting. The, the the last like two or three days because he wouldn't he he was too excited. Mm-hmm. Game three, yeah. Was it that that Montreal was the better team, or Pittsburgh was the poorer team? Okay, so this is what's really funny. It is. I I, I was thinking about this. It's kind of like what actually happened in the Leafs game last night. Um, first of all, Pittsburgh's power play finally clicked and went two for two in the first period. Uh, that was a freaking mess. Thank you very much there, lads. And then in the last period, the Pens, did they fall apart? Yes, but I think like you have to give credit to the Blue Jackets, I think you also give credit to the Montreal Canadiens. Of um, Because they, they did, like, so especially the last few minutes when the Pens pulled, and they were on the power play for the last, of two of the last, of I think it was about it was three minutes left there on it, and they couldn't get anything going. Um, again, then, it was like Pittsburgh just, Sullivan, I think, said along saying the same things. There was no drive in them. Um and, and listen, have they outplayed the Habs? Yes. Montreal really have no right to be in this. They've controlled play. We talked about this last episode. In probably one period so far, and that was the third period of, of game two. Though there have been bright spots. Um, man, I've, a lot of people kind of look at Jesperi Kutkunemi and they're like, man, I mean, you know, he missed a couple chances, wobble on some pucks in game three. Um. He has been so good. Um, the amount of, of – they have – first of all, his line on even strength hasn't allowed a goal yet. He has been so good. And I don't use advanced numbers a lot, mm-hmm. but all the underlying numbers for him are brilliant. Um, Nick Suzuki, of course, is still brilliant. I didn't so, know Dom LeCision was part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Dmitry Filipovich was uh, – was on the pod. Listen, I use advanced analytics to prove <laughs> when my he, point. When he wants to, when I it's like in his, in his yeah, favor. Yeah. yeah, that's what yes, everyone I, says. That's what I, everyone says. I use analytics to support my points, and I use the eye test to go against them. I, will, I won't lie to you. So, Well-balanced essay right there. Mm-hmm. So is it – it felt like Pittsburgh just stopped trying. And I mean like – They're demoralized, I, I think. To a and certain extent. Yeah. And but, they're finally – and by the way, Matt Murray and Jack Johnson don't yeah. help you. Uh, Scratch yeah. Jack Johnson. Wait, can I pull up these Scratch numbers? Scratch Jack Johnson. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, man, while you're getting them up, yeah. Jesus Christ, I, I know it was, it was a wicked goal to look at. Jesus, that Petri goal should not have gone in. Oh, no. that was dirty. I saw that goal, and I'm like, wow, that guy rocketed in the, in the net. He's it's got like, a shot. It's like a challenge. It's like fight me goal. 
God. Um, this is from Dmitry Filipovich. Funny enough, mm-hmm. just brought him up. Penguins five on five goals against with Jack Johnson on the ice. Five in 32 minutes and 48 seconds. Penguins five on five goals against with Jack Johnson not on the ice. Two goals in 98 minutes and 13 seconds. <laughs> See, and then this is when I, I stop having sympathy for the Pens because you're playing a Haps team who is known to be good on five on five. And they are just – why is Jack Johnson playing? I understand Jack Johnson with Justin Schultz on that bottom pair. Like two guys that are just like a fourth forward. If even that, I don't know. I, don't I like think Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson's just invisible on the ice. I wouldn't even give him the fourth forward uh, rating. It's no. just invi- it's invisible. He's invisible. Funny enough, we talked about Matt Murray before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will not be starting game four. Tristan Yari Jari will be starting game four against the Montreal Canadiens. Four games too late. Um, just I'd like to clarify something. I am going to stop um, defending Matt Murray. Okay. Just I'm going to end it here. I was very wrong. I was yeah. wrong. I was wrong. I don't know what they're thinking with Matt Murray. You, I think – sorry, go. Yeah, you guys know I, I've – since this show has started, I just I've never been a fan of Matt Murray. I think he's a good goalie. I don't think he's a great goalie. I don't think he's a spectacular goalie. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I don't know how to defend him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he became what everyone in Pittsburgh thought he was going to be. Yeah, because of those crazy runs, and then you know, like you don't replace Mark Andre Fairly just like that. And there it is. Okay, Daniel, let's be quite honest for a second here. I like you, Daniel. You're the most level-headed person on this show. Okay, oh, for sure. But when it's Alex and I, I mean, like, it's not. <laughs> um, let's be honest here. The only reason you don't like Matt Murray is because he screwed the mark on. You know, and my mom's like the same way. She's like, "Oh, and now Jari knows how it feels to be Mark Andre Fleur." I'm like, damn. All right. Because <laughs> he doesn't love Mark Andre. And yeah, yeah, I love him. I have no sympathy. Two cups when you're a rookie. You know, the really funny thing is Matt Murray's, they point out on the broadcast, he's at the age when goalies actually get good, but it seems to be uh, reverse engineering for. Uh, is it Tristan Jari older than Matt Murray? I have no idea. I'm, um, uh, I'm pretty okay. sure. No, they're, they're a year apart. Uh, Tristan Jari was 2013, and Matt Murray was 2012. Okay, Matt Murray is 26. He's a 94 baby. Matt Mur- uh, Tristan Jari is a 95 baby. 25- They're a year apart. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Oh. And when do we, the next show, what do you get for Matt Murray? That will be. That's definitely top. a top. Oh, that's going to be a topic until free agency. Mm-hmm. Brady Shea package. <laughs> a first round pick. A low end first. I don't know. All right. All right. No, 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 no. Back back to the Habs. Back to the Habs. At least got their point. I want to talk about my team. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what this sock is, is we talked to Muzzin earlier. Best wishes to him, by the way. And also uh, to Jake Evans, who very awkwardly got sandwiched into the boards by um, Brandon Tanev. Have to mm-hmm. let, uh, he left the ice. I, I don't know for sure, Alex, you asked me, but it looked like maybe his visor cut him. Um. Alex, it looks like Alex Belzil will fill in for him. Great story, by the way, is Alex Belzil. Um, works his way up through the E and in AHL, yeah. and now is 
is getting. He was an AHL All Star last year. Now he'll get the chance. Um, after Muzzin destroyed him in the exhibition game, so that's good for him. Um, I have a question. Sure. What? What the hell's going on here? Um, Alec Bel- Alex Belzeal is coming into the lineup. We heard all about this great young guy named Ryan Paling, and now he's now he's disappeared. He was great against the Leafs that one game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was I was scrolling through Twitter. Paling happened to be. I was scrolling through Twitter. That's that was that's the start of my issues. But um, I saw Paling was uh, trending. I'm like, why the hell is Paling trending? So I clicked it, and they're talking about trading Paling. What the hell? Like, what do you get? And I don't want to make this the conversation. I just find it an odd thing to 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 say because you haven't even fully developed him yet and you're going to go off of the potential of one game? It, it's more than that. It is that um, you, we've talked about this before. Yes, very cut Kinemi and Victor Mete had separate stints in Laval and it yeah, really yeah. helped their game. Um, and they dominated when they were playing and Ryan Paling didn't do that. And he was not a factor when he played in the NHL this year. Right. Um, I'm not saying trade him unless you're doing like the Julian Gauthier deal when you're swapping prospects. I'm not saying play him. Sorry, I'm not saying trade him yet, but I, I would I would go with Belzeal over here. He just, Paling hasn't proved that he's worthy of the lineup spot, especially in the elimination game versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. I mean, it took Wheel losing just for Evans to get a spot, and Evans should be playing over all of them. Right. What and I don't want to focus the conversation on Ryan Paling, but uh-huh. just quickly, what what does he have to do? Because if if I'm Mark Bergevin and I'm looking at the situation, it, it seems like he's a fringe NHLer at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he can develop into more. It's just this is the the situation. Do you not think they should? have him play i saw someone say let the kid play a full proper year in the ahl don't swing him back and forth between the nhl and the ahl let him uh who's your head coach in the ahl i forgot his name yoel bouchard yoel bouchard let him let him uh play with yoel bouchard for a full year and then test it out in two years mm-hmm. i agree, agree with that um i i think he now he did split time, of course, but I think a big part of that was, of course, the amount of injuries the Habs had <laughs> that Laval got gutted. Otherwise, I think he would have stayed. But again, I, I haven't seen like guys like Antoine Gotten or, or Basu reporting right. that it looks like he's going to get dealt. Um, but but I mean, yeah, I, I think it is definitely a red flag if you're giving up on him this soon. Um, but yeah, maybe a full year there will help him. So far, he hasn't shown it, but at the same time, he's only 21 years old. Of course. Uh, yeah. So why don't we get back to the actual game at hand? Yeah. What did they do differently? Because we looked at game one and two, and I think last time we, we talked, it was that we, we weren't sure. Like, I wasn't sure what they did differently. So what is it that they did differently in game three that gave them the final edge over the Penguins? Yeah, it, it, they. Here's the problem. They got their legs under them for during even strength. 
Um, Montreal need to do their damnness. The big problem in game two was the same problem in game one, except you didn't get lucky. Uh, they kept taking penalties. Yol Armia took a few. This, the SOB. And it also didn't help that at the beginning of game three, Weber and Sherratt took penalties right after each other. In fact, one of the goals was Weber was looking at the ref to see why he took a penalty, left his man wide open, Penguin scored. Um, it was that if the Canadians can continue to play at five on five and not take penalties, they have a real shot against any team. Like, I'm not saying they're cup favorites, but they have a chance to win. And also, um, they're not having to go on the power play, which somehow is still a detriment to your team. But I think that's really it, Alex, is they got their chance of five on five. The young players are playing. Um, Julian finally did some you know, lineup juggling. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Druin scored a goal. Yeah. He was playing well. Because, first of all, he wasn't turning the puck over every time he made a pass like he was in game one or two. Um, I think the big thing is, is because of Carey Price weathering the storm in the first two games – and when it looked like the Penguins were finally, finally breaking through, as well as Price was playing in Game 3, that the Habs seem to have some confidence behind them now. Which I, I think, that. with a young team like that, with a mix of vets, if they're confident, which they already are in their goalie, but now they feel comfortable taking chances and trying to score on the Pens, it's a recipe for disaster for the Penguins. And, on the fly um, experience. Yes. And, you know, again, these are series that make your young players better. And yeah. it is, it's working out in spades for the Habs. And, man, if Evgeny Malkin does not show up tonight for the Pens. They're done. It's, but this is different than if the Leafs or the Oilers lose because they will have, they have years and years of their players. Yeah. Sidney Crosby turns 33 years old today. Yeah. Happy birthday, Sydney. Yeah. Don't score tonight, please. You know, in, in terms of the Penguins, I think the things that I talked about at the beginning, um, at the beginning of the playoffs, all the things that have to go that that could have gone wrong for the Penguins went wrong. Matt Murray, uh, invisible. Their defense, Jack Johnson, don't even know why the hell he's still playing. Their forwards, uh, it's just not enough. All the things that are were that could have gone wrong have gone wrong for this team mm-hmm. and my, and, and credit to Montreal because they capitalized on that because easily, you know, carry, we all knew Carey price was going to stand on his head. We all knew that that was, I, I, I don't think that was much of a question. I think mm-hmm. it was more of a question is how is the defense going to perform and how is the offense going to perform? And, when the Penguins have played like garbage, the Canadians have capitalized on it. And that's the exact thing they had to do. What, what, uh, Montreal's defense has not been great. Uh, like, we can be 100% honest there. Um, though, their physicality, eventually you get sick of Shea Weber giving you cross checks after every whistle. And if the Habs can again, if, if Montreal's defense like Sherratt going after anyone who plays a finger on price, Weber continuing to be him, if, Max Domi maybe gets a chance in the top six to play meaningful minutes, and you know how much Max, how much Max Domi can stir the pot. Um, if they can push the Penguins' buttons a little more today, we all know Evgeny Malkin, if he gets in the wrong mood, can take a dumb penalty. Um, if the Habs capitalize on the frustration that they can invoke on the Pens, the Habs are going on to play uh, either Philly or Tampa Bay in round one. 
Right. It's like death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> in a way, like mm-hmm. every little thing kind of getting to the Penguins. And like what Alex mentioned, like what they kind of have for the team, I think they have an ad- embarrassment of riches, I think, for them to kind of score. Like like what I look at that first slide, like Gensel and Shiri, that's like tailored for Sidney Crosby. Like that's, you know, maybe not at the level of Chris Kunitz, Pascal Dupuy, but <laughs> it's there for Sidney Crosby to succeed. Like, and then they got Jason Zucker out there on like the second line with like Malkin, you know, like they, like why are that they not doing anything with that? It's just, I don't know. They have a damn good top six: Gensel, Crosby, Sheary, Zucker, Malkin, Brian, and Brian Rust. They have no excuse. Their third line, like yeah, I've seen the only guy on the third line I've actually noticed is. Patrick Hornquist. I haven't seen seen Sam Lafferty, and I rarely seen Patrick Marlowe. I think I've heard he plays like eleven minutes in game one. I think I've heard Patrick Marlowe's name two or three times this series. Yeah, I, it, it feels like he's been invisible, and he has zero points and is negative four. Is he? Uh, is he thirty eight or whatever? It feels like he's probably playing like he's he's that old now. He's forty. He's forty. Yeah, he was thirty-seven when he signed that lease contract. But no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's okay, guys. It's okay. He's not yeah. too old. Oh, guys, let me let me get some predictions here. Yeah. Um, h- how do you guys think tonight's game or this afternoon? Because it's on the fourth. Thank God, I can go now. I'll have some energy. Uh, how do you think game four will go? And I guess, you know, what do the Pens have to do to win to stave off elimination here? Or what do the Habs have to do to eliminate them? You can choose whatever option you want. Choose your own adventure. Uh, we'll start with um, we'll start with Alex. I, I do think that the the Penguins do come back. I think Tristan – I'm sorry. I think Tristan Jari, you know, really does – if he does perform like he did during the regular season, can can give that team that extra boost that Matt Murray just seemed to not be giving them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and I think the situations like these is what Malkin and Crosby were are made for, uh, being under pressure. And we'll, we'll see, but I think a couple – like, again, like I said – Tristan Jari has to show up. Malkin, especially, and Crosby, those two guys have to show up. If not, not even just those two, if I'm being honest. I think their entire top six really does have to show up. Yeah. And Jack Johnson sh- should just not be on the ice. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, and Daniel? I think uh, the way, you know, there's a amount of pressure that's going to be on this game. I think if the, ha- the Habs have to win this game, um, you know, keep playing how they've been and they could get the victory. Um, if they don't win this game, I think Pittsburgh takes the series. You know, they're made for big games. You know, they already, once they get this, they're like, you know, okay, we realize what we can do, what we could keep doing for like a potential game five. And I think, yeah, that's what the experience is. The experience kicks in for them. Um, right. For sure. But yeah, I think if Montreal wants to win the series, they got to do it tonight. Okay, um, we'll finish off. With everyone's favorite series. Um, guys, uh, Minnesota, they, are, they won a game against Vancouver. Uh, 
and since then Vancouver have won back to back. They look to eliminate the Wild. The last game on today's calendar that will be at quarter to eleven Eastern on Sportsnet. Um, like we already work for them. Hire us. We know we know how to plug it, guys. Chris Cuthbert, Louis DeBrusque. Um, hopefully Kevin Bieksa will be on uh, the intermission report. Uh, guys, Brock Besser, first of all, had a fantastic game three. Um, but I, I guess we'll we'll start off talking about the series. Um, best wishes to Michael Furlan, yeah. who um, is, is hurt. He, he's left. I think he's back in um, – is he back in Vancouver now? Or he's back with his family at least? I think he's back home. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. he's in Vancouver. Um, he did have a staged fight. I believe it was in game two. Or no, it was game one? No, it was game two. It was game two, all right. And it was game one where he played like 11 minutes because somehow. Um, which, I don't know about you guys, um, I know it is Ferlin's game and he wanted to get in and prove that he was ready. Um, but I don't imagine I was the only one sweating and in hindsight – rightfully so um watching him fight yeah i felt the same way that i I'm like what is he doing mm-hmm. uh, definitely something that uh you don't want to see and it just it, you know like he's coming back from you know, like a long recovery and to see something like that in like the beginning of a series it's something that i just wish he kind of got better with that yeah. can realize that he doesn't have to play like that especially in a play-in game like this, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 definitely, uh, I guess, upsetting to see. It, it was really weird to see him play, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I I felt the same um, way. In terms of you know, last time when, when we talked to Harmon Dial from the Athletic, um, it seemed like he didn't think that Ferland was going to play, even if he was a hundred percent. Uh, that was the impression that I got, but yeah. and, and to see him go ahead and and play, it makes me think. Number one, maybe he's not actually a hundred percent. Like even when I when I asked him if if he could play in the playing series, he didn't even think he'd be available to play. So I, I wonder. It, it gets me thinking: is that is is he a hundred percent? And that that's a, that would be an issue, yes. especially with the especially with the head. A head injury. It definitely sucks to see, for sure. You know, like, um, take those things lightly. Yeah, a series as a whole, though, because it, it's science, right? So, a, a discussion <laughs> for another day. Um, <laughs> by the way, Islanders three one. I'm still giving score updates. Um, Islanders on the power play. It's three one. Minute left. By the time this um, gets goes up, this game's gonna be over. Man, a few games might be over. A few teams <laughs> might be eliminated. Um, though, I mean, series itself, though, um, I really did want Minnesota to win, but I think coming away with a win after having a terrible start to the year, firing their coach, trading their best player in Jason Zucker. Yeah. Um, I think if they do, if they can get another game out of this. I think Minnesota could exit this series with their head held high. Yeah, I could see that. Just everyone oh, kind of sure. doubted them. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a, I think it's a positive. I think it's definitely a positive. I I think it, it's similar situation to like let's say a team like um, let the, 
let's say Montreal in terms uh-huh. of we don't expect them to go. We No one really expects them to go far. Um, but I think if you get a win out of a team like Pittsburgh or two wins out of Pittsburgh, that it's a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I love how every year we're like, hey, anything can happen in the playoffs. And then something shocking happens and we're all like, surprised Pikachu face? What? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, we want change in the game. And then when change happens, we're all surprised when there's change in the game. Yeah. By the way, um, <laughs> play in t- by the way, round robin teams. Um, no NHLer from those teams can ever complain about the playoff format again because oh. you are just – Pissing they away. They asked for it. Yeah, because you are just and like this is of course, a, a, like this scenario is once in a lifetime probably. Um, Hopefully, unless you're the one guy who lived through the Spanish flu and COVID somehow. Um, I, but there are like, a couple people. Yeah, um, but but honestly, like you have no right to complain ever again for choking, especially the Bruins. If I see Brad Marchand ever complain about the playoffs, I'm just I'm not, I'm not gonna have any of it. Last thing, actually, okay. let's give a shout out to Will Baldwin, who, oh, who yeah. Steve was not happy with. So Steve Dangle puts <laughs> out his question about, "Hey lads, what up?" Um, LFR questions because he was so upset. And so Will, Will the champion. I love Will so much. I, we've been going back on back and forth on Twitter together. It's it's been a whole. It's been a fun time. So he. Quote tweet Steve, and he's like, was this the year Tavares coming home was supposed to be the cup year or last year? Can't remember with all the guarantees I've heard, to be honest. And Steve replied, just saying, sick chirp, hopefully now you can get some sleep. <laughs> you go, Steve. You go. First of all, I am on Team Will, of course. I love Steve, but I got to stand up from Boy Will. I don't think that was the best reply. I won't lie. I think Steve... Steve, I love you if you're listening to this, but I think more than Leo needs to get their diaper changed right now. Hey, I I promise you Steve was not having a good night at all. I would not want to be... If I was him, I wouldn't even open Twitter. No, yeah. I wouldn't either. I love the, the reply ratios on his LFR questions because it's like 1,200 comments to like 200 likes. It's beautiful. Man, last night, our, my Twitter was blowing up with uh, between you, yeah. uh, between Adam, Mike, yeah, Will, Donald. Yeah, I purposely tagged everyone. It was like, yeah, yeah I, was like I, I knew exactly notifications in like less than an hour. It <laughs> was yeah. awesome. That I was, was just the... kind of like, right, how do I cause something here? Tag everyone. I'm like, I'm not getting involved. This is not, yeah. I, I can't I do it. I'll read it for the entertainment, but I won't be an active participant. Exactly. I didn't think Donald was going to get involved, but I was kind of happy that he did. Oh, that was hilarious. I loved I was going to tag hell of a Scott. Note. But I don't know Scott. So oh well, apparently Mike Mike blocks Scott. I probably should have. No, I probably should have. Scott you definitely should have tagged Scott. You definitely should have tagged him. I haven't talked to Mike because I he's gonna block. But I've been tempted. I've been tempted to send him something, Please. but I know he would never talk to me. Please again. send him a message. Please send him a message. Like he's he, gonna get so. He messaged and he was like, "Yo, Jari's in net," but I just didn't say anything because I just it's not a good idea though. Um. He still was a cute dog, though. So, um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about in case I'm missing something? Because uh, I know there was some stuff in the list. doc that. Um, well, we can go over it quickly. 
There was just two things. Um, then who put what in? Did you? I put it? both of them in. All right, then go ahead. I'll shoot. go. Uh, the AHL and the CHL are coming back. Uh, hey! They, they set start times in December. I have no idea how they're going to survive with no fans, but in what they're, I'd imagine they're going to look at it on a on a month by month basis. But are they going to do a bubble? Are they not going to do a bubble? What's the situation in in December? Mm-hmm. They, I would be surprised if they didn't have a bubble plan, um, just in case. But it's it's really good to see those guys coming back because those guys are like yeah the NHL has the best players, but like you have no CHL, where are your prospects supposed to go play? You have no AHL, what are where are those guys supposed to be doing? Right, so it's really good to see those guys come back. Sweden. I mean, da- I mean, Darren <laughs> Ferris probably can call uh, Zurich. Right. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> Who's a Darren Ferris client this summer? Taylor Hall. But uh, does he have any RFAs? Victor Mete. I hope you. I hope you're ready for Victor Mete to sign for FC Zurich or I HC care. Zurich or whatever their, whatever their name is. Right. Gonna hold out. Um. The last thing before the we 7. go. The 7.5 per year. <laughs> Stop it. The last thing before we go, and it's uh, something Morgan Riley said that it. It, it 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 left a weird taste in my mouth, if I'm being honest. And I'm not bashing or trying to cancel the guy or the team. Cancel Morgan Riley? Cause, cause <laughs> that's just counterproductive, if I'm being honest. Um, oh, don't start with cancel culture, please. Um, I, I'm criticizing what he's saying. Okay. And so this is the quote There's about Black Lives Matter. Uh, we definitely, and it's in terms of, I believe, kneeling. We've definitely talked about it. And I think that as a group, we agree with what Dumba had to say in terms of taking action. I think that can be, I think that can take different form, forms. I think that there's been players on our teams that have had conversations with outside people, with each other. Uh, we've talked about what we want to do moving forward. And we've talked to players that play on other teams about taking action and about doing certain things. Uh, we've chosen to go that way. We obviously haven't had anyone kneel. And I think it's important that you try to respect that. You want to respect people's opinions on things in terms of, and this is the part that kind of gets on my nerves. I completely, like, I get it. I I understand that. In terms of what we're going to do moving forward, we have to continue to talk about that as a team and as a group. We're only going to move forward with certain things if we have everyone on board. And I think that's important. That's the end of the quote. He just... It's like, yeah, it's just so surface himself. level. Uh, okay, yeah. so you, I know you wanted to bring it up, Alec. I, I do have something to say as well about this. So you wanted to bring it up first, yeah. It just leaves a sour taste in my, like, because it, it's it's not, it, it sets a weird precedent. And like, man, like, you're supposed to do, like I get you want to move forward as a team and I and I understand like working as a team is is an important concept especially when when in this case but when it's something like this if a guy wants to kneel let the guy kneel like you said people do things like they take actions in different forms and I fully respect that opinion you're allowed to have that opinion 
but then you can't say we're going to only do things as a team. That's what I have an issue with. Yeah, like that's, no that's one has ever re- done that. Yeah. That's the only reason I brought it up. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the sentiment around most of the league. All right. Okay. I'm happy you brought this up. Okay. Ryan Reeves and a lot of other players are like to kind of defend their teammates around kneeling. It's like the thing of, and this isn't me going after the players who are out there doing stuff, by the way. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, but, and talking about like them not being comfortable doing it. Okay. I just imagine if I was Devontae Smith Pelly and I was in the, I can't remember who they were playing, but he was in the penalty box and everyone's yelling basketball at him. This was when he was with Washington? Yes. I can't remember who he was in, like what box they were in, but that happened to him, right? Or I've been screamed at things that, like, that Subin has been yelled at. Um, Wayne Simmons, name any of them. That's – I would describe that as they probably felt uncomfortable at the least. Uh, it was, the, it was uh, Chicago. It was Chicago, all right. Was yeah. it in Chicago or was it in Washington? By any chance. It just says black. Uh, Devontae Smith, Pelly calls black cock fans racial taunts sad. Okay. Um, anyway, so, like, incom- uncomfortable in that moment is is not even close to, I'm sure, how they would feel, right? Mm-hmm. And, again, um, I, I, I don't know what, what it feels like, but I imagine you feel like crap when people say that stuff to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's being uncomfortable at the least. Holding your fist up or taking a knee for two national anthems is not uncomfortable. If you want to support them and you want to be together, then do it with them. And I'm not just calling out Morgan Riley. Not a single mm-hmm. Montreal Canadian has done it. Um, yes, Jake and Dickinson and Sagan have done it. No other stars. Reeves mm-hmm. and Leonard, no other Golden Knight. Dumba, no Minnesota Wild has done it with him. I saw somebody put their hand on his shoulder. What's that going to do? It's just not good enough. It's disappointing from a sport in a league I love so much. It's the group uh, culture. Yeah, like, I, it's yeah. it's hard to penetrate. It's something that even now it's I don't know. It's like Morgan Riley's response. It was so PR, kind of like it. It's like that kind of thing where you just keep saying things to just get to like the the end, but like it doesn't really make a point. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get if you're if you're someone who's like no I don't get if you're you're focusing on oh cut out wow that's first yeah <laughs> surprise it wasn't me sorry Daniel were you gonna say something because Adam just cut out oh no worries. yeah I was just saying like the PR thing is like the group culture uh, and just oh. So, oh, there you are. Adam, you cut out, so you're going to have to start from the beginning. Uh, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, couldn't tell you. Start from – because you, uh, just started, you just started your sentence. So oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I understand, like, these guys in this scenario, like, it's playoffs, which always – it's such a grind for them, especially with the additional round. Um, you're a guy like Sean Victoria. You said you don't. You said, I understand, and then you said, I don't understand. Oh, yeah, then I'm like, no, actually, like, I'm not excusing this. Like, mm-hmm. it sucks that you're away from your family and that. It sucks that Sean Couturier has just had a child. Lars Eller has just had his second child, and he'll be going back to the postseason. Mm-hmm. 
but I think you can find the time to kneel during the national anthem. It's a few minutes. And what are you guys doing during the anthem anyway? Most of you are just, P.K. Subban gets hyped up and is just ready to get it done. I think people can take a second to take a knee. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's too much to ask, guys. I completely agree. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't. I don't have. Any, I don't. Yeah. I don't have much to say. I, just, for me, I think that I brought it up because I'm right, and I think Daniel, both of you said it. He's contradicting himself. Like, are you like? I get you want to be together, but if a guy wants to kneel, and the rest of you don't want to kneel, hypothetically. That's the case. I don't know what the the sense is in the Leafs locker room. Not many people have been asking. I don't see why it's an issue. Why would that would be an issue? To me, I don't I don't understand. Listen, kind of like Morgan Riley said, you can't do. And Robin Leonard actually said, and I believe Robin Leonard when he said this, because you can tell he regretted being a like a Trumps aboard. He's changed. Mm-hmm. More, Robin Leonard has changed. Yes. Everyone needs to come together for it. And the league is not doing it. And nothing's going to change if they don't. And unfortunately, now you can honestly sit there, take a bet, saying that it's probably not going to happen. Because the league, as far as the broadcast is showing, aren't doing the we skate for everyone, we we skate for racial equality. Now it's just going straight to the anthems. And it's the we support frontline COVID workers. And you see more than that. Yeah, I, I think I have I have an issue with the fact that they're make the league makes these claims that you know hockey's for everyone, mm-hmm. and then they're doing these minor gestures if they're gestures at all, mm-hmm. and then make claims that it's enough, but everyone's saying it's not enough. Where we have <laughs> leagues like the MLB and the NFL and uh, the NBA and the NBA, I think the biggest and they have their own set of issues but all doing other things yeah at least like it looks for the most part that nba players are together on this right. um like the stuff on the back of the jerseys i must regret that we didn't open the show with this by the way um is, is there anything else guys that you you want to talk about here daniel alex anything no i'm good all right um well, everyone, um, sorry to end on a bit of a down note. There really is something that it is important that we need to talk about. Um, and it's perfect timing to end the show because right now on uh, the broadcast, they're showing a preview for the lottery, um, the draft lottery. Again, join us on um, Monday. Yep, 545. 545 on YouTube. That's Eastern time, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. for our draft lottery pre-show. So far, we know that the Winnipeg Jets, whose pick actually did win the Lafreniere sweepstakes, they and the New York Rangers are two of the eight teams who have a chance to win Alexi Lafreniere. And could you imagine, I'm going to steal, I'm sorry I don't know whose tweet this is, I'm going to steal it. A short and messed up season, a Canadian who lights it up for the Ramuski in the K, and the, sorry, in the QMJHL, and the Pens could draft him in a weird lottery. It's like clockwork. Yeah, it's like poetry; it rhymes. And Sidney Crosby's on the back end of his career, just like <laughs> Mario Lemieux. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Let's see if Lafreniere spends a decade in Lemieux's basement like Sidney Crosby did. You know, when he gets drafted, you know who needs to be on the screen with Lafreniere? Crosby yeah. and Lemieux. I, that'd be a really nice touch, wouldn't it? It would be. Mm-hmm. All right, well, guys, uh, that was a good episode, I think. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, why wouldn't you? Um, it, it, unless, you know. You you think it's an, it's it's embarrassing the military and the Canadian flag by kneeling during the national anthem? In case I don't think we want you listening to the show. Um, but if you did enjoy the show, regardless, what you should do is uh, well, there's tons of ways you can support it. Really, um, check out the YouTube channel for a visual experience of the podcast. You can see Alex's Dunder Mifflin shirt, my Habs Jonathan Druin shirt, Daniel's very nice gray well, whitish. That's a world junior hat. A world junior hat, and then his, his shirt. He has a new mic. He sounds great. Um, check out the social medias, a.k.a. the show's Instagram and, uh, and uh, Facebook page. Get the hockey discussion going, people. Uh, you can check out all three of our social medias, mainly Twitter, uh, Instagram, in the link below. If you're on iTunes, go leave a five-star review um, rating, sorry, and a review. Let us know um, who do you not want to get Alexis Lafreniere and, you know, how good is Sebastian Ajo? He was a hab for a few days. I think that's it. Oh, thank you.